Let that slide away. All right, here we go. Hey guys, Steve here. Phonics. Today we're gonna to talk about growing with fishes. Growing with fishes. Hey everybody, welcome to the Growing with Fishes podcast, episode 295. I'm your host, Steve with Potent Phonics, and this week we have a bunch of the different experts from BioAg. Uh, we have uh, Eric Augerson, uh, Alex Olson, and Joshua Hedberg with us today. Uh, thanks for joining us, guys. Hopefully I pronounced your names right there. Uh, you got them right. Yeah, yeah you're having us here. We're, we're excited to be here. Love that intro. Definitely excited to have these guys on. We've had uh, uh, Dr. Faust on a couple of times from BioAg, so we're excited to have some of the other experts from their team uh, on the show. They're always a wonderful source of knowledge and have some of the best products out there, especially for organic certified stuff. So we're excited to have their team with us today. Um, before we get started, let me do a little bit of quick house cleaning here. Um, if you guys are not already familiar with the show, um, we do also have a full-length aquaponic cannabis class. You can find it at apmjclass.com. Uh, we actually have a full revamp of the pest control section of the class, and we're releasing the pest control section of the class uh, as a separate course here in the near future. Um, so be looking for that if you're looking, you know, just a general aquaponics uh, practitioner or living soil practitioner that wants to have a much better rounded understanding of the pest management and, and what's really going on in a more regenerative um, uh, type uh, uh, pest management plan on a commercial farm. Uh, we also have the Supernatural Conference coming up at the end of July. Be sure to check them out at organiccultivators.net if you're interested in joining us for that. We have a wonderful weekend uh, at the end of July uh, with uh, Wendy Kornberg, Chris Trump, myself, Ben Acadia, uh, Dan Kittredge, um, Patrick King, um, uh, Kevin Jodry, uh, Wolf Siegel, and a whole bunch of uh, Susan Wainwright Evans, uh, Jana Beckerman, and a whole bunch of other wonderful people wow. uh, teaching a, a wide variety of organic uh, cultivation methodologies. So we're super excited on that. And then we also have the uh, Myciliate, the festival, I'll also be speaking up there uh, in Washington on uh, August 19th through 21st. Oh, very good. So, uh, definitely give, give that Where a in Washington is that? It's in um, Wilkinson. Cool. We're not too far from that, so that might be doable. That's cool. I yeah. love permaculture, man. I have my uh, permaculture uh, uh, certificate. <laughs> permaculture is awesome. An incredible lineup of Cass Posey from um, uh, Cognitive Function, Chris Trump, Justin Powers from Future uh, 4200. We have Matt Powers, um, Catherine Seidman, myself, uh, Molly from Molly's Bottle Shop, and a whole bunch of wonderful people uh, awesome. on the regenerative side of things up there. So that'll be a really great festival as well. That's cool. Yeah. Very cool. I looked at the one you guys are doing in California or whatever, there was. There was wine and weed and rafting and stuff, I thought, right? Or Oh, yeah. We had a uh, season on last episode with the um, uh, Emerald Triangle Revealed Tour. So uh, you guys. Yeah, no, that would look super cool. I love wine. And so I was like, <laughs> that's perfect. Uh, and <laughs> rafting, not so much, but wine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to drink wine before rafting. It's a, no. It spells yeah, disaster. Like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, these gentlemen are from a wonderful company called BioAg, if you guys are not already familiar with them. Um, we do have uh, uh, their website up here, and they create a wide range of different types of products. 
that are highly beneficial. If you aren't familiar with their products, um, they really are some of the best ones out there. I've been using Full Power for a very long time. Uh, Cyto Plus as well in aquaponics and living soil been using for a very long time, you know, over six years. Um, and uh, very excited to uh, have these guys on the show today. Um, you guys can also find them over on Instagram at the underscore OG underscore bioag if you're listening in the audio format. Um, we really appreciate you guys uh, taking the time to come on today. So um, you guys want to introduce yourselves kind of one at a time so people can uh, uh, get to know your team. And then uh, also real quick before we do that, um, uh, thanks for joining us, West Engine. Okay. <laughs> I think he's gone, maybe. Uh, we'll, we'll get him in a bit. Um, cool. Um, no, that was Eric. Uh, anyways, um, so uh, uh, do you guys want to introduce yourself? So I guess we'll start off with Eric. Sure. Yeah, sure. So um, so I'm Eric. I am the sales uh, uh, <laughs> development director. <laughs> Are we good? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, so I'm based on the sales and market development director. Uh, before that, I was the field research manager. Um, and my background is in organic ag. Um, I, um, so specifically I'm a physiologist, so I study plant growth, um, and how to, uh, grow agricultural crops from a physiological, which includes IPM fertility, um, kind of the whole shebang. And then I've been with bioag for, uh, about two years now, uh, met Dr. Faust, uh, through just looking into the regenerative agriculture, humic acids, fulvic acids, um, and kind of decided I wanted to join bioag and link up with a similar thinking group and yeah and so i've been doing that and i'm really enjoying it and happy to be here and yeah and so and and my background with cannabis uh, i've never done aquaponics i've been, been interested in it uh but mostly indoor soil production um i haven't done the hydro really that's more josh's expertise um but yeah but always been growing cannabis at home medically recreationally um, and just, you know, always thought ag and cannabis were very similar because they're, you know, it's grown plants. So, yeah. And then Alex or Josh, go, go ahead. Uh, Josh, okay. I'll go. Um, so I didn't, I didn't expect a, a long intro. Thanks, Eric. No, I'm just kidding. Um, time, so, no, I'm just giving you shit, man. Um, so I um, do the product registration for bioag so all the omri stuff um, except for the original stuff like full power full humix i got registered um, and then i started helping josh um, and eric with some uh some of the cannabis sales um and some of the research um but recently you know i've been helping josh out more with the cannabis stuff um and also I do turf in small farms. Um, but my, my main interest, I went to school for horticulture. That's where Eric and I met, um, is uh, regenerative ag, you know? And so um, the, my first kind of, the first reason I got into cannabis was I started growing and then I was kind of, you know, being a hippie and talking to my plants and they were like, you know, we don't want these salts, man. And and so I, I got into the PFA, the Probiotic Farmers Alliance on, on Facebook years and years ago. And that kind of stirred my interest in the whole regenerative cannabis thing. Um, and then from there, I was like, well, I don't know what I want to do for school. And I was like, I fucking love weed. 
and I want to learn how to grow better, you know, because I had was failing over and over again. And so I went to school and that that kind of stirred my love for other stuff. But the regenerative part has always been there. So coming on this podcast is really cool. And and seeing what you do is really cool um, because I, I, I want to merge, you know, like or not want to. But like I love the merging of, of regenerative stuff and cannabis and growing food. Um, my I love insects too. And so that's, that's a big interest of mine. Um, and yeah. And so that's, that's kind of my background. Um, I'm not super duper like knowledgeable at um, practical growing weed because I've only had my own home gardens and stuff. Um, but I do love the science and I do love just regenerative stuff. So yeah, that's kind of my background. <clears throat> uh, all right. Uh, yeah. Uh, my name is Josh Hedberg. Uh, I was uh, the first person to sell bioag products in a hydroponic store. Uh, I've been uh, friends with uh, Dr. Faust for about uh, uh, 17 years, 18 years. Uh, he was a customer of mine at my store, uh, the Indoor Garden Center in Salem, Oregon. And uh, I had actually ordered some uh, uh, fulvic acid from a company in Canada and it showed up bad. And then the Department of Ag told me I could not sell it. Uh, so, uh, uh, I had it stuck in the back and I was complaining about that one afternoon while Bob was in the store. And, uh, he said, Hey man, I sell that to farmers and 50 gallon drums. I said, Hey man, throw some quarts and gallons together and I'll start selling it for you. That wasn't like 2006. I've been selling it ever since. Yeah. In fact, my store is gone and I still sell it, but, uh, uh, Good product you know, survives the store. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, in, addition of, uh, to that, in addition to that, Josh is probably the greatest pot farmer I've ever met uh, and any of us have ever met and pretty much anyone we've ever met's ever met. So and we're in the weed. Medicine. <laughs> yeah. uh, I've been growing uh, medical marijuana for uh, about uh, 16 years, 17 years, uh, about that same amount of time. And I've been growing marijuana since I was 17. Uh, I'm uh, 42. Uh, I was just very lucky to meet some very smart people at a very young age, and uh, they were able to teach me some <clears throat> very practical techniques that I've been able to apply to lots of different uh, gardening techniques throughout my life, uh, starting with hydro. And then uh, uh, for the last uh, mostly 10 years has been uh, strictly organic living soils. But uh, at BioAg, I'm the... Uh, 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 technical service manager. So uh, uh, I'm the one that uh, helps people figure uh, uh, where that uh, stuff fits in their hydroponic garden. And uh, uh, yeah, uh, I help with uh, uh, cannabis sales and uh, uh, the R&D as well. Uh, but it, uh, you know, just depends on uh, what's going on is uh, uh, where I'm going at uh, these days. Lately, uh, you'll find me at a lot, doing a lot of vendor days and uh, 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 counter days at uh, stores, giving out samples and talk to people about bioag stuff. In fact, a lot of like Alex or Eric with me. Yeah. They cut you off there. Go ahead. Oh, but, we do uh, it for the people. <laughs> but, uh, we uh, also uh, have a... Uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. have uh, Wes Engine with us today. Thanks for joining us, Wes. Big up, Foten. Big up, Josh. Big up, Alex. Hope everybody's hey, doing well. Hope everyone's living their best. Wes, yeah. how's it going, man? Awesome, man. Thanks. Thanks for asking. I like the fish. Yeah, dope fish in the background. Yeah. <laughs> They're big. <laughs> yeah, man. So, um, tell us a little bit about you guys have a, and actually we'll start off with this one because we were talking a little bit about before the show. Um, you guys have a, a bunch of different awesome um, 
silica products. And so when we were looking at aquaponics back when I worked at the aquaponics stores, there was no like, hey, this nutrient should be in this range parts per million and this nutrient should be in this range. We had to spend months and months and months and months and years figuring that out. Um, one of the things that we realized is we had a, we did a whole thing around flavonoids and, and trying to figure out why tomatoes tasted differently in the aquaponics versus the soil. So we did tissue sampling of the plants and of the tomatoes, and we found that chloride and silica were the two nutrients that were below norm, uh, what the, the soil control was. So we started messing with both of those, and we found with the silica, there seemed to be a pretty good cutoff around 55, 60 parts per million, where it had an immediate huge difference. Once you hit that above that threshold, we're reducing powdery mildew, reducing bolting and lettuce, reducing um, frost. Even when we had really cold nights, it seems to improve frost resistance. Um, it really does make a huge difference in plants' overall defense system, particularly with molds, but also with things like heat stress and cold stress, which was even more surprising because you wouldn't think that like this, this nutrient that people generally don't take as seriously as the other ones would have that much of an extreme effect. I know a lot of people listen to the show uh, also have um, lettuce farms and, and then grow a lot of lettuce. Well, the summertime is coming, you, you know, bolting is often an issue for a lot of these aquaponic and hydroponic lettuce producers. And silica really does make a big difference in reducing that bolting. Um, I'd love to have you guys talk about that because I know you guys have an awesome new silica yeah. product that Dr. Faust had touched on a little bit last time he was on the show, but you guys actually have, I think, fully uh, out to market now. Yeah, I'd love, I'd love to go first uh, on this a little bit because I, I did a talk recently uh, for one of my old teachers and, and I ended up um, looking into uh, a silica paper and it talked about everything you just listed. And, you know, I, I was under the understanding, okay, well, it makes sense. Silica coating the, the leaf would keep powdery mildew and stuff but it actually goes deeper into the plant, like with, with helping the plants SAR response, which is its immune response. And so, and, and it goes deep into the, the, like the metabolic processes in the plant. And so it, it's crazy that you, you got, you found that, you know, on your own and saw all those benefits on your own. And now just in the past, I think 10 years, they, they're like, this paper is like, okay, yeah, we're seeing silicon, silicon, like SI, like helping the plant all across the board with drought, heavy metal toxicity, you know, too much water, not enough water, you know, and so it, it's just really interesting. And, and it, what's also really cool is our biosupercil is a synthetic amorphous silica, which is, is different from a monosilicic acid. <coughs> and it's, it's complex with our, our fulvic acid. And so that, I mean, that's what I wanted to say about that. You know, I know Josh and Eric all both have their own takes on this too, because like, this is one of our, our really exciting and it's Omri listed too, which is a, something kind of new in the silicon world. <clears throat> there we go. Uh, yeah, uh, I did uh, a lot of the R&D with BioSuperSil uh, this last summer and uh, we had some amazing results. Uh, just with uh, some simple foliar sprays throughout the season. <clears throat> I want to say we only got like uh, between six or eight down for the entire season. And the difference that we saw was uh, uh, amazing. You know, uh, the reduction in botrytis, the reduction in powdery mildew was uh, more than noticeable. And it was more than just the season. Uh, we also, uh, the uh, 
the first sample I ever got of uh, BioSuperSil, I uh, uh, called my friend at uh, 45th Parallel and I said, uh, we had a, a weekend coming up. We were expecting the temperature to get up to 117 degrees. So I said, hey man, will you try this new silica for me? Spray one plant out in your garden and let me know what happens. Well, uh, something got confused between him and the actual guy who did the spray. So they didn't spray one plant, they sprayed a hundred plants. And I hadn't used the product yet. So it kind of gave me a heart attack. I didn't know what was going to happen. So uh, uh, I said, all right, we'll just cross our fingers and uh, we'll see what happens on Monday. So I called them on Monday and uh, all hundred plants that got sprayed instead of wilting under the 117 degree heat, they actually grew uh, like eight or 10 inches and were able to turn all that heat into energy. Everyone else lost sights, dropped leaves, wilted, you know, cause you know, no one in Oregon uses a wow. uh, uh, shade cloth. And if you don't have shade cloth and it's more than a hundred uh, degrees, there's nothing that's gonna help you really. You know, I haven't seen anything, you know, and this is the first time I've ever seen something like that happen. And, uh, uh, you know, I've, I've seen a good results with silica before, but nothing that profound, you know, and uh, with some of the varieties of uh, that they grow outside, you know, they grow so large that Botrytis is just a, a regular thing, you know, and that year when they applied uh, uh, the BioSuperCell as a foliar spray with some varieties, it was down up to 70%. You know, that was, a, you know, more than a little bit difference than uh, years past. You know, I'm uh, looking forward to seeing what happens this next year and getting that data to compare to the years past. Yeah. Um, my, my thing with the, the BioSuperSeal specifically that's really cool about it um, is basically um, the, the reason that, um, so, so, so silicon is unique because you got to think of it both as a element. So you can think of it as a traditional plant nutrient. Um, so it feeds the plant. Uh, it gives it what it needs for cell development, for structure, um, for all that stuff, for the met metabolic stuff, like Alex was talking about, the SAR, elicitation, all that kind of stuff. But the other thing is it is also a biostimulant. And that's kind of how it fits into the bioag portfolio is we're, we are a biostimulant company. We focus on products that are from nature or they're, they're natural and they promote um, benefits in addition to just a nutritional content. It promotes, um, you know, it improves growth, improves the uptake of nutrients and improves stimulation. And that's kind of, so some of the things you see with silica are just from a nutritional standpoint, but then the things like you're talking about with the abiotic stress resistance, with the, um, you know, the, the preventing of the bolting, the kind of that, that's almost like, a, it's like, it, that's, that's where it's in that biostimulant classification. And so when you're using it as that, you're using it as biostimulant versus when you're just using it in a solution to provide, you know, structural, elements to the plant then it's just um for, for a fertilizer so i think that's kind of the main things you got to think of them as biostimulants and yeah. i think people uh, love to me that gotten that silica there was one other thing that we noticed too is we were getting up to uh, seven days longer shelf life in the fridge on a lot of the leafy greens as well i forgot to mention that as well so it does improve shelf life uh, yeah and crispness too they don't get as wilty as fast yeah uh, something I wanted to add about the biosupercil is is that the that the it being an amorphous silica means that it's not a crystalline structure and so it's a lot more safe on like plants and I would assume for for like aquaponic systems because I imagine if you're putting in like monosilicic acid or like the crystals and stuff then it, it's a lot more rough on a system but the biosupercil is is unique in in that it's a synthetic amorphous 
silica. And so I just wanted to add that part in too about the, the safety of it. Well, not only that, but it's a much better one for aquaponics. You know, some of the other silica products that are on the market are like a fine powdered grit. And that can end up in the fish gills and cause problems and actually be detrimental to fish health. Whereas this is a liquid solution that's much, much better for the, the overall system health. Yeah. Also, yeah. Uh, it, the pH on it is not, uh, uh, it's right there around uh, uh, neutral. It is not, does not have an extreme pH either low or high. So, uh, uh, you know, that makes it very unique in the silica world in that you don't have to worry about combining and worrying about it affecting your pH one way or the other uh, in an extreme fashion. You know, of all the silicas I've used, and I've used a ton of them out there on the market, I have never found one that's as gentle or easy to use as a BioSuperSil. You know, one of the things uh, we did uh, uh, some summers ago was we just took a bunch of plants and put them in the greenhouse and sprayed them until we could, you know, see what damaged them. You know, we did that with a bunch of different bioag products. You know, we only got to damaging plants when we got to almost a 50-50 solution of concentrate to water, you know, which no one should do, you know, but, uh, you know, you can use three, four times what we recommend and you still shouldn't have an issue, but, you know, that's just wasting it. You know, you can use much less than that. It just depends on how often you're applying and how you're applying. You know, whether it's uh, uh, through a foliar spray, uh, which we found most effective, or through the root zone in a living organic soil. You know, uh, we actually, uh, during the very first R&D that we had, we almost shelved the product because all the tests we were doing were in soilless mix with chemicals. And uh, we were watering it on and we weren't seeing any uptake uh, through our sap tests. And we're like, what's going on here? Nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. And then over a weekend, uh, we do a foliar spray on one of my mother plants and uh, come back and check it. And uh, it grew uh, a foot and a half while we were gone. And we're like, okay, we're applying it wrong. It's a foliar spray. And then uh, we had another gentleman who was uh, applying it. Uh, I believe it was uh, uh, to uh, 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 nursery plants uh, at a very low dosage with a uh, one of those... Uh, 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 fancy uh, uh, bacillus uh, tinctures where it's got like 15 different uh, bacterias and mycorrhizae and things in it. And they, they put it in large scale ag just to cover all their bases with all that stuff. But something in there was making the silica uh, uptake uh, in that uh, environment. And uh, uh, they saw great results and uh, uh, they're continuing on using it in that uh, large scale ag. You know, uh, I didn't think uh, it would have much of a difference until I gave some to a friend of mine who had a no-till garden. And uh, he's been watering on his no-till uh, garden for over a year now, and he loves it. You know, it uh, helps him with this uh, uh, salt buildup. His plants seem way sturdier and stronger when he transplants them into the bed. You know, but the big thing is, is he doesn't have the salt buildup and the, uh, the high parts per million runoffs that he was having before. Now that he's watering with that on a regular basis. The main, the main thing is we've seen just like through the, through the root system, it works better when applied in a biological system. So for the, for the um, aquaponics, that makes a lot of sense because that essentially is a very biological system, I'm assuming. Um, yeah. We got to have diatoms and all kinds of other things in there in the aquatic zone that are going to use the silica to create their own tissue. So yeah. you got really quiet there. Oh, I was going to say, you also have diatoms and other things that are going to utilize silica for their own tissue uh, and, and building their own selves uh, and the microbial level. So, Yeah. We got a question from chat about human health with the amorphous silica. Um, so I, you know, that's that's the thing that I was saying was that it's it's by theory, in theory, it's more safe that because it's non, you know, it's amorphous, um, but we can't make any substantial claims about you know, and, and you should never, ever ingest um, stuff you're, you know, using as a plant food 
um, because it's not it's not tested for human safety. Um, but I that's that's the theory with it being amorphous that it's supposedly not as as detrimental to human or any other life because it's not crystalline structure. Um, so that's that's as much as I can really say without you know because it's not meant for humans, but it's also it's supposed to be more safe, you know. Yeah, it's, um, it's safer to work with, but uh, as far as consumption, uh, no one's done that. Not recommended. That's <laughs> not, not intended for human consumption. Yeah, Correct. And yes. In our Correct. opinion, I think in, in all of our opinions, I can. I'm speaking for myself, but I think for bio in general, you should just just always err on the side of caution when dealing with any product. Wear eye protection. Wear gloves. Wear you know. Yes. Just be safe. Don't don't be treat it like you would treat bleach. Just be safe. You yeah. know, just respect your uh, uh, your ingredients. Yeah, even if it's organic, which which our stuff is pretty much our whole line, except for one product, the Ion fourteen, uh, is right now it's it's Omri listed, so it's organic and it's naturally based, and it's well, Cytoplus um, is on its way too. It's in the it's in the Cytoplus isn't yet. Right. Um, it, it's going to be yeah. Yeah, and it's got okay. organic in it, so. chemicals are are, uh, are dangerous in their own fashion, but organic yeah. their own kind of. Uh, uh, dangerous and they need to be respected all the same yeah, but no, but it, it, it's safe like to to use it's just you know we always recommend wearing gloves and eye protection gloves eye protection yeah standard you're mixing soil wear some sort of respirator you don't yeah. want to breathe in that duster but but in theory in theory amorphous silica is is less dangerous than than non-amorphous silica and mm -hmm. is far less phototoxic and is far more friendlier for plant use Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, Abraham's like, I'm not going to eat it. Also, to add in there for, for bud growing, you know, and, and, you know, Josh is more of a, is, is the expert, but, uh, you know, I would say just not applying anything on is something that's budding, you know, when it's flowering, it's like, you know, because it takes up everything. And, and even with something safe, it's like you still don't want to be smoking, you know, anything extra um, that that you don't need to, you know. Absolutely. Uh, one of the issues that I've noticed with uh, a lot of commercial flour these days is the overuse of silica and flour. You know, by the time you hit your third week of flour, you've accumulated enough silica to get you through an eight week cycle, you know, do a nine week cycle without needing to add more. You know, using it after that point is, you know, uh, it helps prevention, but it's absolutely detrimental to your burn, you know, and uh, uh, how your uh, flower tastes at the end. Everyone's had those uh, uh, flowers from the dispensary that are too dense. You know, they look beautiful. They taste like crap. You know, it's too much fertilizer, too much silica, not flushed enough. You know, this That's is my least favorite weed. You know, this is the unfortunate uh, uh, future of uh, commercial uh, marijuana because it's the cheapest way to, or uh, perceived to be the cheapest way of doing it. You know, but uh, but uh, I uh, uh, think that it is not. Yeah, soil, soil for the wind, baby. <laughs> or aquaponics, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aquaponics, aquaponics. Well, you know, aquaponics. Oh, that's to make living systems, is living a, ecological systems. It's a complete closed system. Like I don't like if if when no, I start going you. and I got the thing, I'm gonna try aquaponics because that that's oh. like so cool. I love animals and I love plants, so why not merge the two? <laughs> well, speaking of which, you guys want to talk about um, full power? It's another one that we often recommend for use in aquaponics. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
I'll follow the trend and I'll go first on this one. I'll be real short. You know, it's it's our OG thing, um, our OG product that most people know us by. But fulvic acids are, to me, I like to just say it's like it's like concentrated compost because it's a carbon. It's a really reactive molecule, and um, it's it's an amazing foliar spray just by itself. Um, and, and when I used it for the first time, I used it in, in, uh, some cocoa choir and, you know, usually cocoa choir stays really like just kind of gritty and stuff. When I used just full power and water, it had become more friable. Like it kind of became a crunchier soil, not, not soil, it was more like soil than I'd ever seen cocoa choir before. And so to me, I was like, okay, this stuff's really cool, you know, and, and cause everybody's skeptical when it comes to biostimulants. And I was too, especially just graduating, but that was my personal experience. Where I was like, okay, this stuff's really cool. <laughs> yeah. Some of my uh, first uh, experiences using uh, uh, full power was uh, mixing it with different uh, foliar sprays. In fact, uh, uh, one afternoon, a uh, little old ladies from the, uh, uh, Orchid Society showed up and ordered a case of uh, something called ProTech, uh, which I had never heard of. And it was a silica supplement from a company called Dynagrow. And at that point, uh, uh, you know, my store had been open for, I think, five years and I'd never heard of silica before. I'd never used it. You know, this is like 2003, I think, or 2004. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, or no, it was, it was later than that because it was after I got the bio, like, so maybe 2007. But uh, uh, either way, uh, you know, uh, I took a bottle home just to try it, you know, because uh, I ordered some for these little old ladies and put it on the shelf. You know, it was relatively cheap, 12 bucks. And I mixed it with some full power and sprayed my plants. And I was blown away at what I uh, saw. You know, I had to, you know, I saw an instant response. You know, you come back 15 minutes later after you dry to adjust your lights again. And all of a sudden the plants are all standing up and, uh, uh, you know, the light, uh, the uh, uh, everything's at a 45 degree angle. And, you know, and across the board, it didn't matter what kind of variety it was. You know, I've always had, multiple varieties in my garden, you know, mostly uh, sativas, but, uh, you know, indicas as well. But, uh, you know, I'm more of a sativa gardener. And, uh, you know, because of that, foliar sprays are usually kind of a no-no, you know, they're very easy to, uh, to burn with. And uh, that's why I've loved using full power as a foliar spray with, you know, seaweed and, you know, alpha teas, compost teas. You know, I found that, uh, you know, just about every system I've used, even with uh, uh, hydroponics, you know, I'm able to, uh, you know, reduce the amount of salt fertilizer I'm using uh, and uh, increase the amount of organic matter using uh, uh, humic acid, fulvic acid, you know, different types of seaweed uh, uh, and different types of compost teas, you know, and able to get much closer to an organic product without using as much salt, but still having a consistent uh, uh, yield with the product. You know, but uh, uh, but it's just that fine balance between, uh, 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 you know, I, I think you can do just as good with a living soil and the right size containers and the right amount of plants per light with a living soil, be it in a bed, preferably a bed, uh, uh, you know, or containers. It just depends on, you know, how you're cycling your plants and, you know, how you like to grow. But I've seen amazing yields, you know, just as good as any hydroponic system in uh, living soil and living beds. You know, uh, the idea that you can't get it with, uh, uh, that you have to have mineral salts is uh, absolutely incorrect. No, so I I, um, I see we have a question from the Flora Nugs and we'll get to that. I saw what you were saying. You're curious about the individual products, the powders. Um, uh, but I'm, I'm just gonna go through, I'll just go through what the full power is real quick. Um, so uh, so what, what the full power is, is basically, it is our own um, biologically extracted fulvic acid. 
And so what that is, is there's two things in soil and in compost uh, that have the most biological activity. Uh, and those are humic substances. And so that's made up of humic acid and fulvic acid. So fulvic acid is just the smallest uh, fraction of those humic substances. And it's super, super active because of the amount of um, uh, molecule, uh, chemical groups that are in there. So there's a bunch of carboxyl groups and a bunch of hydroxyl or hydrogen groups. And it basically makes it a great chelator complexer um, product, which just basically means that it helps bind with fertilizers and bind with other products to help drive them into the plant. And it does that in an organic way, similar to the way that soil does that for fertilizers and for nutrients. So, so like in similar in an organic system, you need these humic acids, you need other things. So humic acid aren't the only ones, but they're a great one. And they just kind of help you uh, do that. And so we have our own full power. We use a, we use rainwater, which is really cool. So it's more sustainable, which is why we're based here in Oregon. And then it's a organic biological um, extraction. So we don't use any harsh chemicals because that's how a lot of people extract fulvic acids. So they use um, citric acid and potassium um, and other products to help extract that hydroxide uh, and hydroxides. And we don't use any of that in the full power. We just, it takes time and it takes biology but it's, it's, that's why it's such a cool thing. And then also our source is really great, but there are a bunch of great sources of humic and full mix, but full powers, that's, that's it. Um, oh yeah, uh, Flora says it's magic in a bottle. So that's great. Yeah, we used to, somebody said it was sunshine in a bottle because it's golden in color, which is really cool. So anyways, um, so Flora, you were asking what are the individual powders that you saw? So those were all the amino powders. Um, and those before we get to those, I wanted to mention also, um, uh, if you guys are um, having like younger plants or clones that are not doing quite as hot or anything, this is really good to put in with your, uh, your spray onto your, your injured plants or clones, or mm -hmm. uh, if you um, even soak, put a little bit in, in your seed soaks, you know, it does a really good uh, for uh, helping boost plant vigor. Do you want to mention, talk about that for a second too? Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, that was uh, one thing. Uh, 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 Eric, uh, uh, that I wanted to add there too is in the process of the uptake as it's uptaking, uh, one of the awesome byproducts of that is it makes larger ropier roots and thicker stalks. So the earlier you can start incorporating fulvic acid in with your plants after they have roots, the bigger you're going to build those stalks and roots, you know, from the get-go. You know, I actually use more in my veg and early uh, uh, flowering than I do at any other time, you know, just because, you know, especially at those tra tra uh, uh, transplanting times, you know, I'm using a lot of fulvic acid, you know, almost at full strength, you know, uh, with my living soil, which I, you know, normally, you know, I'm at half strength, you know, more often than full strength all the time. You know, but uh, uh, I see a dramatic difference in uh, the size of stocks that I get. And whenever I get uh, big stocks, I get big yields with my organic soil. Yeah, we, we've shown too, like with what you're saying with the seeds. Um, so you can use it straight uh, with water from the beginning as a seed soak, and it will have a beneficial effect on uh, your stem growth. So it'll, so it, it's just a, it's positive use all the way through. What you're talking about with the sick plants, that's that same, the biostimulant, the abiotic stress thing, just helping. So it's not really, it's, it's, you can't think of it as a cure because it's not curing any issue with the plant. What it's doing is it's helping the plant just function more efficiently. And so that the plant can help, you know, it's like, it's like you, it's like, you got to take your vitamins and your medicines to help uh, if you're sick to help yourself get better, but it's not curing your issues. It's just helping, helping you, you deal with the stress. Yeah. It's a helps you with the stress and that's the goal. 
Hey, Nam, do you want to talk to us about uh, the uh, nitro? We'll start off with the nitro amino. That is Eric. I think is the one that he was mentioning first. Yeah, the amino acids, man, that is, uh, uh, it's an amazing foliar spray. Um, it's a 1400, and so it's, it's, it's derived from soy protein, um, but it's an instantly available nitrogen, um, but it's a, it's a nitrogen derived from amino acids, and so it works kind of more efficient. And I'll let Eric get into that more because he, he, he's really good at explaining that, but like, this stuff, like from an agriculture standpoint, from a cannabis standpoint, like it is organic, available, instantly available nitrogen. And it also acts as like does other more like other biostimulant properties. And it, it's just an amazing foliar spray. Like I, I, I'm really excited about this, but I let Eric. Yeah. Eric has uh, a lot of knowledge about this. <laughs> yeah. Eric's uh, Eric's the guy when it comes to the amino acids, I'll just say, uh, as far as like, uh, uh, I've uh, uh, owning a store for uh, uh, many years and running it for, you know, 18, uh, I've used a lot of different amino acids. These are the most affordable, gentle, easy to use amino acids I've ever used. You know, the uh, nitrogen uh, that's available and that's easy to use, uh, that's organic, is hard to come by. And that uh, this is, I find to be a very rarity. And uh, uh, I love uh, combining uh, it and, or the Calamino with the BioSuperSil as a foliar spray. That seems to work very, very well. But uh, I'll let uh, uh, Eric uh, take it away from here because he knows the science. Yeah, no, so, um, so basically with the amino acids, what they are, so nitromino is R1, but it's, it's a combination of a bunch of different amino acids. And, and those are amino acids that are extracted from the soybean meal. And that's, so it, it goes through this process called hydrolysis, um, which is basically a high energy um, way that they, um, high, it, takes, it takes pressure and energy, and it basically breaks down these amino acids and the other um, structures within the plant. Uh, into their amino acid basic forms. And so when you're applying this nitromino, you're not just applying nitrogen, you're applying the individual aminos, which are like lysine and, and arginine and um, cysteine and proline. And these things do different things for the, um, for plants, for plant growth and plant health. So, so the, the thing is, it's really cool. So it's kind of a new thing with the agricultural world too, is they don't really even know which ones do what specifically at what rates for amino acids for plant growth. They just know that they're required. So we know that, you know, cysteine and proline and arginine are required for, let's say, I'm, I'm not hundred percent on this. I'm not, a, I'm actually not the, I'm not an expert on the chemistry side, but, um, but basically what we know is that they're, they have an effect on bud growth. Or they have an effect on shoot growth. Or they have an effect on root growth and they're required for these processes. We just don't know how to, um, to, stack them in different ratios to promote different things in the plant. And that's kind of the future of amino acids that we're trying to figure out, which is really exciting. Um, but you have the most famous case for lysine, you know, with the Jurassic Park, if they had the lysine contingencies. Yep. Keeping the dinosaurs controlled. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, yeah. Nature finds a way. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I just thought that was funny. I wanted to mention that with that. Um, but yeah, that's, it's definitely a different version. I've never seen a nitrogen product that's soy-based like that. That's really interesting. Yeah, and the cool thing is it's from non-GMO soybeans. Um, so the benefit from that is it's pretty much guaranteed that they're um, 
they're grown without glyphosate because uh, because that's the the thing we're trying to get away because there are soybean products out there that do have trace they can have traces of glyphosate if they're not from organic or non-gmo soybean and so that's the nice thing about it so that's how we get the omri certification and and just from an ag standpoint it's a really really great organic available cheap nitrogen so if you're just going on that standpoint alone that's great but the the benefits you see as foliar applications that's the really cool thing and then all of the other different aminos in addition to nitro amino so they're basically so in the hydrolysis process, you can add other nutrients. So you can add like, this is boromino. So you can add um, basically, uh, so what we do is we add the boron or we add the iron or we add um, multi-amino is our, it's a bunch of different micronutrients for plant growth, kind of similar to our TM7, but with amino acids. And what that does in the hydrolysis process, it really helps uh, chelate and complex those micronutrients and, and macronutrients like calcium. Uh, but what that does is the end product is it's a super available organic micronutrient pack. And so that can be used either foliarly or through the, the drip system or through the, through the roots. Um, and you can use them at really low rates compared to commercial organic sulfate fertilizers. And so the actual rates of micronutrients you can use you can actually use a lot less because they're a lot more available to the plant and it's 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 super cool and that's kind of it's a great way to kind of help spoon feed your plants for deficiencies Mm -hmm. Um, it's kind of how i'd like to describe that and then the humix and fulvix and all that stuff's more about building a soil system that helps long keep your plant rolling a long time um, cause in, that's kind of how I see it is these are kind of like the, the tools you can use to grow and fix problems and issues as they occur and promote a healthy crop. But then the goal is really to build a healthy environment and ecosystem that will grow, you know, and that's the humics and fulvix and building the biology and the soils. And, and these things will also feed your biology because there's the, the uh, amino acids are what plants put out as exudates. So a lot of the times in the soil plants will put out exudates through the roots and those are used to break down micronutrients and they're used to, you know, feed the mycorrhizae and they're used to feed, uh, or not mycorrhizae, but feed the bacteria in the soil. And they're used to feed other things and attract beneficials to the, to the plant. And so those exudates, a lot of those are like what makes that up is amino acids. So by using this, you're doing a similar thing. And by fully feeding the plant amino acids, um, that's the benefit. Um, yeah. And the cool thing is it's like, we can go down the hole, but there's, um, we need to put up a, um, a handout or a slide thing on our website that goes through the nitrogen cycle with the amino acids. Cause it's really unique too. Cause you basically, you save an energy step in the nitrogen cycle. So it takes energy for a plant to utilize nitrogen, to make it into amino acids and turn it into, um, basically, uh, plant, um, metabolism energy. And so what, um, so what you do is you basically provide the plant with these little amino acids, it skips a step and that plant can better utilize all that energy. It's an energy saving process by providing them the raw amino acids instead of this like bound up form of nitrogen that they have to then process and break down and then turn into amino acids. And, and it's kind of, yeah, so that's the, in theory, that's what we think is going on with there. But all we know is you put it on the plants and the plants, it, it's, it's awesome. Like it's pretty cool <laughs> shit. Uh, and that's yeah. the consensus of most of the ag guys that we've given it to. They're like, oh yeah, 
that's that's pretty good shit. Like that's pretty cool shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Be a great uh, vegetative fluid. Pretty much magic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's cheap and it's very cheap. And that's the benefit too. And it comes as a powder. So when it comes to you, it's a hygroscopic powder. So it's a hundred percent powderized product that can go completely uh, into liquid. It's completely soluble into liquid. It is organic. So we don't recommend having it stored for over a week once you mix it with water. But, um, but you can either apply it dry to the soil uh, or you can just put it in liquid, foliar, apply it, put it in your solution, uh, mix it with other fertilizers. It's super compatible. Um, we've had commercial guys apply it with their, um, their, like their pesticides and their, you know, their large scale fertilizer applications. They'll throw, if they want to have a micronutrient, they'll put the multi-amino in with their, you know, whatever their insecticide sprayers, whatever their fungicide is. And they'll just, and it's super, they're very compatible with most of the, the stuff out there. And it's, yeah. Well, you guys want to talk to us a little bit about the boro amino and, and boron? A lot of the people don't under, you know don't have a good understanding of boron, and maybe uh, educate some of our listeners on that because it's certainly can be a, a helpful, but if you overuse it, it, can be a hindrance. Yeah, uh, boro. I've killed a lot of stuff with soluble bor. Uh, uh, that's for sure. You know that uh, boron in general has got a big learning curve to it. And, uh, you know, Oregon soil in general has got a boron deficiency. So it was one of the first micronutrients that we brought in uh, because we're based in Oregon and the farm, all the farmers need it here, you know, uh, uh, generally across the board for their native soil. Uh, but uh, uh, as far as applying it, uh, it seems to be, again, a much, uh, you know, boron in general is one of the more dangerous elements to use. You always have to wear gloves when you're handling any boron because it's, uh, uh, it can be transdermal. It can go through your skin, you know, because of metal. Uh, it's a heavy metal. So you, you got to be ca more careful with it than, you know, let's say your calcium or your oyster shell or your insect frass or any of that stuff. You know, you wear those gloves, wear that mask. That is a, a have to with all boron supplements. But uh, this one uh, I found to be very easy to apply. And uh, it seems uh, uh, to be uh, uh, much more available uh, uh, as a foliar spray and through the root zone. Uh, whereas uh, I've never uh, been able to successfully apply any other uh, boron supplement as a foliar spray without doing some serious damage. You know, even adding it to the soil, I found it to be uh, uh, quite difficult. Uh, uh, but uh, I've never had a problem with the uh, uh, with the uh, uh, boromino uh, or the multi-amino, which has, uh, uh, I believe, boron in it. Yeah. So, so the thing with boron is, so from a plant standpoint, what boron is really important for is it's um, flower development and pistol development in flowers, which for cannabis production is really important because that's the part that we're, we're growing is the flower and the pistols. And so it helps with your pistol actual, um, the ability to, for it to be pollinated, but in order to be pollinated, it needs to fully develop into a big, healthy, um, you know, smokable pistol. Uh, and uh, the, the thing with it though, is it is super, it's, it's, you have to use it in very, very, very low rates. And so the rates that we have the boromino set at, there's, you should be safe. Uh, but we still say, you know, it's not something you apply with every feed or every water. It's That's a, mm -hmm. it's an, it's during your transition. It's during, you know, once or twice during your veg, if you see a deficiency or if your soil, you know, if you're for some reason. And so we're big fans of uh, both basically tissue testing and uh, soil testing. And so if you see these deficiencies, that's where you should really throw in these um, kind of things like the boromino. 
Um, but for the ag side, it's super important for crops like corn, um, yeah, uh, apples, pears, wine grapes, blueberries, all the stuff we deal with, anything that flowers and fruits requires boron. And so that's kind of, but, but cannabis too, it's a boron loving crop, but the thing is with it, if you use too much, it becomes toxic and it's a very, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's, it's an important micronutrient. It's a micro. A little bit, a little bit of the time. A little bit of the time. One of the things that uh, has plagued the cannabis industry for years is uh, too much potassium, too much phosphorus, you know, using it as a bloom enhancer and bloom hardener. You can get the same effect with micronutrients used at the proper time, you know, using boramino, using uh, 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 TM7, using uh, Cyto Plus. But uh, uh, my favorite is the uh, multimino, you know, using that at the proper times throughout flower can replace, you know, many different types of bloom boosters that uh, uh, will give you size but uh, there is no biological free ride. You use that potassium and phosphorus, you're going to taste it. You're going to see it in your burn. You're going to see it in your flavor. You know, and if you can replace that with small amounts of micronutrients and get the same frosty effect, you know, that's, that's what you want. You know, and you're using less to get more. And you're using a cheaper product. Most of those bloom boosters are insultingly overpriced. Yeah. One, one thing that Josh, that you told me that was super awesome, um, that made me feel good about these products um, was just that they are so efficient and fast that they, they also clean up really fast. So they're in and out of the system really fast. Yes. And so like, that was something you told me, especially you're saying with the nitrogen specifically that you could run it further and not have that issue you get with a lot of the nitrogens. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I've overused uh, uh, even alfalfa meal and insect frass uh, at the latter part of bloom, you know, because I'm trying to keep my plants uh, uh, from yellowing up, especially those really heavy feeders. Those are the guys really hard, to, really hard. Uh, it's really hard to keep them happy at the end of a flower cycle in a living soil, particularly in pots as opposed to a, a bed. Not everyone has the convenience of using a bed. And those when you get that plant root bound, that's really when you need to supplement those uh, uh, those little uh, those big stuff that get absorbed really quick, like nitrogen and calcium and micronutrients. And products like multi-amino, calamino, and nitroamino give you products that you can either use them together, you know, using less of all three or using whichever one you think specifically is going to help you at that time at very low amounts, but you're not going to taste it at the end of your flower cycle like you would if you're uh, using like a, a, a traditional nitrogen, specifically, you know, blood meal, feather meal, you know, any of those uh, uh, fish, you know, uh, crab, you know, if you use that in your last uh, five weeks of any flower cycle, you're going to taste that and you're going to see that in your burn. If you use mild amounts of the nitroamino or the calamino, particularly my favorite, the calamino or the multi-amino, uh, you will not see, you will not taste that at the end. You'll just get a, a, a much more green plant to the end of your cycle, but you'll still get that nice fade at the end. You won't have that uh, army green hydroponic look that guarantees you're going to, you know, it's a big, pretty plant, but it's going to taste like, you know, that fertilizer smells. You know, and God knows you don't want it to taste like organic fertilizer smells. No, my, my thing with that is I always, I think somebody, somebody told me this and a good way to describe that is it's fertilizer digestibility, like how fast the plant can digest that fertilizer. And, you know, if you think of it that way, it's a, it's kind of a cow nutrition thing. Cause that's how they think of cattle feed is how digestible is that versus how much nutrients in it is how digestible are those nutrients. And it's, if we want something that the plant can absorb, utilize, and, you know, um, and not uh, take a lot of time to process to then finish its flowering process. Absolutely. You know, and that stuff is very readily available, but at the same time, very gentle. 
you know, and that is what makes it so unique. And, you know, the consistency of it's all like coffee cream, you know, so like you said, it breaks down into water super easy, you know, and it very, leaves very, very little residue. So it'll go through a sprayer very easily. It'll go through a backpack sprayer. It'll go through a hydro system. It'll go through a drip system. And you don't have to go through a whole lot of straining or anything like that. Like you do with you know, a lot of humid products are pretty thick and kind of nasty, you know, uh, but, uh, uh, but uh, you don't get those problems with the uh, uh, powdered aminos, especially, uh, you know, they keep a long time as a powder. You know, you don't have to worry about uh, shelf life, which is uh, an issue with, uh, I found with all liquid amino acid products. Yeah. Our, our thing with it too, is we can make them, we could have made them into a liquid amino acid because there are a lot of products out there that are liquid, but we chose to keep them as a powder because what we're thinking a lot of people, a lot of companies are doing with that, like not to, throw them under the bus, but they're using dry amino acids and they're making these liquid products and selling bottles with water added, um, which is different than the full power. We don't add water. We use water to make it. It's a, it's kind of a different, you know, so a lot of people will buy products, add water, sell products. We don't, we manufacture amino acids. We manufacture liquid fulvic acids and that's, and, and dry humic products, but it's not, you know, we don't blend stuff or we, we make stuff. And, and we want to save the grower money because that in the end, sending a dry product in a small bag versus sending them a bottle of water, it saves shipping costs, it saves the grower money, they can mix it, you know, we provide the mixing instructions. Um, but so a lot of people are like, oh, I don't use it. This is different. I'm, I'm used to liquid. I mean, it's like, oh, no, that they make those from these. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of $300 a, a gallon uh, amino acids out there that work. Don't get me wrong. They work fantastic. I got no problem with how they work. What I'm insulted by is their price. You know, why is it $350 for a five liter jug of uh, a, a wonderful product that I like to use when it could be completely affordable and something that everybody could use, you know, but, uh, but at that price, you know, only a guy uh, who's you know, selling cannabis and doing very good at it uh, can afford to use a product like that. You know, when that should be available to every garden, you know, it should be available to every ag, you know, garden, you know, this is a, a big uh, a tool in the toolbox that can help a lot of people use a lot less chemical fertilizer. Yeah. I want to answer, I'm assuming we'll let Alex talk for a bit. No, uh, no, 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 I already said what I wanted to about Domino's. Yeah. Cool. No, um, I just want to answer this one question did, that we missed. Did you want to mention about the, the Calmino? Yeah, oh, yeah. We, we can, uh, I want to answer. Buddy Kilowatt had a question about uh, the fulvic sure. fill. Yes, um, yes. He said, um, "Why is it such a high pour rate, the twenty mils per gallon?" So we recommend for the full power. It, it's basically, I think the bottle is fifteen to thirty, but it's it might be ten to thirty, probably ten to thirty mils per gallon. I'm pretty sure Alex should know this. He's the he submits the labels. Uh, <laughs> wait a minute. Um, yeah, I think it's under the bus. No, uh, no, but the reasoning. With that is so it's it's a use timing thing too. So if you use it with every feed or every water, we recommend using a, the lower rate. And if you're using it, you know, once a week or once in a compost tea, or you know, more seldomly, the higher rate because it, it does kind of build up over time in the soil the way it acts. So we we with the fulvic, you should have we like we think lower rates more often is better then higher rates less often, but sometimes just ease of convenience. If you're doing your fertilizer batch once a week or doing your fertilizer once every two weeks, mm -hmm. that's, we get that. But, um, but you can use that lower rate five mils, even um, mm -hmm. if it's like an every feed kind of deal. And uh, so, especially with the foliar, lower rates on the foliar are fine. Especially if you're tank mixing with other stuff, you can use it as kind of an additional booster. 
when uh, Bob was first uh, uh, coming out with uh, uh, bioag uh, uh, products for uh, the hydroponic market, you know, for, uh, for us, uh, uh, we went through a lot of different iterations of, uh, of full power and uh, getting him down to 30 mils uh, was quite a thing because uh, if you read the original papers, <clears throat> all the original fulvic acids use a ridiculous amount per, uh, per gallon uh, to get the effect that you get with uh, full, our fulvic acid at 30 mils per gallon. But that's because we use that very specific special method uh, that doesn't use chemicals to extract. You know, that's why if you see a fulvic acid and it's not golden in color, and if it's got, even if it is golden in color, if it's got an NPK value to it, that is not the same as what full power is. That is, that is something very, very different. You know, uh, that uh, uh, cannot be used in the same way and will not give the same effect as uh, the stuff that we sell. Uh, uh, but uh, uh, you'll find that uh, uh, full power, uh, especially in a hydroponic system, using it those lower doses is absolutely beneficial. You know, I find with most uh, uh, deep water culture or bare root systems, I'm only using five or 10 mils per gallon, the, you know, the entire cycle. You know, whereas with my living soil, you know, if I'm only watering, you know, three times a week, you know, uh, you know, out of convenience, uh, I'm either going to add, you know, 10 or 15 mils to my reservoir, or I'm just going to, when I get to the bottom of my reservoir, I'll throw in 30 mils per gallon once a week. You know, either way, it'll get you to the same place, whether you're using a little bit all the time or once in a go. We've just seen a lot more benefit, particularly with cannabis, by giving it a little bit all the time, giving it a little bit of a boost, a little bit there. And then when you do that compost tea, hit it hard with it. You know, when you give it those extra boosts, those extra uh, minerals, and you'll help break that stuff down, particularly if you've been top dressing or if you've been adding any more biomass with compost on the top of your soil or doing any uh, 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 well, cover crops. You know, uh, you'll see a great benefit in uh, uh, in uh, adding that in on a more regular basis. My thing with it, too, is you've got to think about just what you're mixing it with, too. If you're mixing it with a lot of fertilizer and a lot of organic input, you want it to um, to do its chemical process with all of that. So you want to basically have enough full power in there because it's all those carbon groups and all of those, you know, chemical bonds will be made and then it will basically be spent and used up and you'll run out of full power for the other stuff to be processed, but you still should cut down all of your stuff in general, because um, the fulvic, you can use as much as you want. It's not going to hurt your plants. You can go more the merrier. It's just more money, but it's like, it's, it will have a benefit to a point. Then you won't see the benefit but it won't harm your plants. The thing that'll happen though, is that you can still get burns, but it's because your nutrition is then becoming so available that it harms. So you need to cut down your nutrition rate or, but, but less to uh, get more, but I use a lot of food power. All we're all about. And if you're using full power with a humate and with a, uh, uh, an amino acid and with a silica, you can use less of everything combined. You know, this is a, a package deal. You know, and you can use less of whatever fertilizers you're using. Get in top dress, compost tea, or liquid food. Uh, Steven, I had a question for you. Um, how do you, uh, how would you say fulvic acids or full power um, specifically fits into like an aquaponic system? You know, like what, what does, uh, like what benefits does it provide in that kind of system? So it definitely helps with overall plant vigor. It helps with um, also the, um, you can use it foliarly or through the water in the system, you know, there's no issues with the fish or anything like that. Um, but it does just help with overall plant health. I, not, nothing in particular that it comes to mind, just, you know, faster growth, better vigor and better nutrient uptake. You know, we, you know, 
a better response when we do know, just like you were saying, when we do dose nutrients, if we add that as part of the, the blend, oftentimes we'll do a mineralization uh, methodology with the fish waste. We'll add that directly to the mineralization tank to help feed the microbes and, and mm. help make those minerals much more available in that mineralization process and then feed it that way. So that's the other way that we use it. So we kind of use it all three different ways, depending on what it is. A lot of other people also like to add it because it does kind of darken the water if they're having algae issues and some of the other stuff, it does help kind of reduce some of those uh, types of problems as well as a, a happy side effect as well. Huh. That's cool. That's Very cool. It's kind of like a water conditioner. That's what was that? Oh yeah, you can use it for dechlorinating as well. I forgot about that. Huh. Yeah, because yeah. it helps it drop out. Yep. Oh, Absolutely. Yep. Back that's in the day cool. in the hydro world, there used to be a, a product called uh, it was called water conditioner. And uh, they charged uh, $189 a gallon for it. And it was uh, humic acid and maxi crop. And it worked fantastic. <laughs> you know, uh, if you had crappy chlorinated water and you threw that in there, man, they, they loved it. You know, but uh, as soon as I figured that out, and I'm like, hey, man, I, I got humic acid for $30 a gallon and maxi crop for 20 Why am I paying $189 for this from a guy in Portland? <laughs> so, so the thing with the, you were saying about the, you add it with the microbes, you add it to the microbe tank to the that that thing that that's that's because it's so it's it's jam packed full of carbon. So the fulvic and the humix they are a great carbon source, and I think that's why you see that if it's if you see like a bloom in your microbe count, it's it's in the same in the soil system. It's that wasn't just an additional thing we didn't talk about. Um, it's it's because it's so. Um, heavy with carbon it's just it's once that breaks down and all those bonds are made there's a bunch of carbon to feed the microbes you guys also have in my opinion the best uh, kelp product on the market if you want to touch on that with your cyto plus uh, we often recommend it for people because people really like to have it as a, a more natural kind of um, uh, mineral supplement for some of the trace elements and things cool. uh, yeah you know, alex do you want to do that one um, I mean, I, I could, I could talk a bit about it, but I mean, I feel like Josh, um, would yeah, be better to, like, well, uh, I'll, I'll start it off and then I'll, I'll pass it to Alex. Uh, uh, but, uh, you know, uh, when Bob first brought this to me, uh, uh he was, uh, selling it to tomato farmers for, uh, an organic flower trigger. Yeah, and he sold it to me in small packages as a foliar spray. And, uh, uh, man, uh, I had great luck with it. You know, I use it as a foliar spray, uh, just, uh, ran it through a little, uh, uh coffee filter, and uh, uh, a man was, you know, strongest uh, a foliar spray I'd ever used at a quarter of a teaspoon per gallon. I'd never quite seen anything quite like it. And then uh, I got a book uh, from a, a guy uh, on uh, compost teas. It really was about living soil, but uh, but it had like five or eight different compost tea recipes in it. And it all called for all these different micronutrient rock powders and humic acid. And I'm like, I'm reading all these rock powders and I'm reading off uh, uh, the Cyto Plus. I'm like, why am I buying all these rock powders when I got it's literally everything in here is in this and it's a quarter of a teaspoon per gallon. I don't have to buy 10 different boxes of things. So I'm, I'm using this. And uh, uh, I started throwing that in my compost teas. And uh, really that's where I saw a dramatic difference. It seemed like every time in my living soil, when I applied it with my compost teas and then applied it uh, within a week of transplanting, if I was in uh, a veg, I'd see an explosion of growth. If I was in bloom, I'd see an explosion of either uh, uh, frost development or uh, flower development, you know, depending on where I was at, you know, uh, I usually don't like to use it past uh, uh, my second uh, week of flower, you know, at that point, if I, I want micronutrients for that additional boost, I'd rather use the multi-amino, but, uh, uh, but for that uh, uh, 
two weeks before and two weeks in, uh, I, unless I'm using, uh, you know, like a different type of higher end liquid seaweed, uh, you know, that's cold pressed that for some reason I, I think works better. I would much rather, you know, I, I just use uh, the Cyto Plus. You know, I find it uh, uh, gives me uh, exactly what I'm looking for as a bloom booster and as a additive to my compost teas for veg. You know, and I don't have to nearly add as many or buy as many uh, products and it, it just works simply. But uh, yeah. Alex knows a little bit more about the science. <laughs> oh, I mean, uh, I think I always say that Josh and I have good synergy because he's got all the he's got years and years of practical knowledge. And then I went to school to learn about this stuff. And so it's like I love to talk about it in that sense. But I mean, you can't you really can't beat the knowledge of like having it done like by somebody who grows such good medicine. Well, the, um, the best thing about working at BioAg is I'm finally learning how all this stuff actually works. You know, I, I know it, it did something, you know, I know why I did it, but I didn't know how it actually worked in the plant. And that's what these guys are teaching. <laughs> um, and so for Cytoplus is, is, is interesting to me because it's the, it's our, like, it's the classic biostimulant, right? So it has humic acid, and then within the humic acid, we have some, our seaweed extract, and then we have um, micronutrients. And so it's just like a, a, a pack a punch of different, like of all of your classic, like biostimulants because of the kelp having the, the cytokinin like response where that promotes growth. Um, and then the, the 7.5% um, potassium, which is great for, for, for bloom, you know, that's what, um, uh, flowers any fruits need for for building that fruit stuff and so it's it's just a a really good just overall like biostimulant and it's a classic um i'm excited because we're doing um um we're doing turf trials and i asked i asked the the professor i was like hey man i was like out of all of our products what would you think would make a good turf product and he was like well this product has humic acid which is already big in the turf world micronutrients which he he kind of expects because because it gets cut so often it's like it's going to be needing more micronutrients than something that doesn't like a perennial crop that doesn't get cut as much um and then the the kelp and so he was like i think this would be something really interesting to try on on even the the putting green you know and and we're doing anthrac he's doing anthracnose trials um and, and that was his, he was most excited about Cyto Plus. Um, and so, I don't know, I just, I, to me, it's like, okay, that's when you think of a biostimulant, that's kind of a, a good mixture to think of is, is our Cyto Plus, you know, and it's a classic. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's what I would say. A lot of bang for your buck. Yeah, yeah, a lot of bang for the buck. I would argue it's our best home gardener. Um, you know, mom and pop product too, not just for the cannabis, but just for oh, yeah. if you have something you want to give, if grandma's like, I want something for the garden or the roses or, you know, it's just a good basic, um, it's got your micronutrients, it's got kelp, it's got humic acid, it's going to benefit. Um, yeah. And then you just, oh, all yeah. you have to do is add compost or add, you know, a general all-purpose fertilizer and you've got the full biostimulant package. Something, something I wanted to say too, because Josh, Josh was mentioning about um, sometimes you don't need, because people add so much phosphorus and potassium. And he was saying, sometimes you just need to add micronutrients to, to do what you, you need. And, and I think, I think that kind of lines up with like the law of minimums where it's like, if you have a barrel and you have all these slats and it's like, 
well, your barrel of water can only get as full as your lowest slat. And so a lot of people, you know, growing in an indoor environment, you're, you're missing your micronutrients, um, especially when you get to the flower. So you're missing just one maybe thing. And it's, it's, it's hard to know because of how many different variables there are, but like something like Cytoplus is just a good overall, like maybe you're missing a, this micronutrient, maybe you're missing a little carbon and, or maybe you're missing a little bit of potassium and, or something else that the kelp does. And so it helps kind of raise your, your, your lowest uh, slat in your barrel. If that, if that analogy makes sense. That, Alex, that's, I don't know if Steven, if you can Google stuff or pull up stuff, or if one of you guys has a shareable, <laughs> I'm on my phone, but it's called the Liebig's law. Leipzig, of minimum. Leipzig's law of minimum. Leipzig. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's basically the whole concept is, is, one of the nutrients, if it is lacking, causes all of the nutrients to not be able to be utilized by the plant. So you may have enough calcium, but because you don't have enough boron, the calcium is unavailable to the plant or it's, you know, unusable by the plant. Yeah. It's shout out to, uh, to a PFA for teaching me that one a long time ago. Alan Atkinson from uh, the PFA. <laughs> no, there's a really cool image of a barrel because it's like... That's what Alex is talking about is the barrel, slats of the barrel. Yeah. yeah. You can just do images, it might pop up. There it is. Oh, yeah. right there. The yeah. yeah. So if you see whatever nutrients missing, the water falls out. Get naked in the barrel. <laughs> well, I mean, we have seen Bob and us once or twice. In the <laughs> <laughs> full power barrel, yep, yep. We have a lot of full power hanging around, so we always joke about swimming in it. Yeah, no. But yeah, I'm yeah. curious about the fulvix with the fish, though. We were talking about that, and because I know there are benefits for humix and fulvix for livestock, um, and they use it for that in Europe, and they use it as a vet remedy in America. But I wonder if it has a benefit. Yeah, so there's actually, there's quite a bit of research, especially around freshwater shrimp species, uh, Macabrilla, uh, Rosenbergi, and some of the other more commercial uh, freshwater shrimp and crayfish. They've had uh, quite a bit of research on using fulvic and humix for reducing fungal outbreaks and improving overall health and Mm. survivability. That's very um, cool. I know, um, uh, I'm trying to remember I don't remember. It might have been Dr. Ricosi that did some stuff, but I know, uh, I think Dr. Faust also did some research with that as well. No uh, way. Some people doing research on that. Yeah, bobbed into the, the fish. Oh, that's yeah. really cool. Yeah. That's really cool. <laughs> I don't know on the fish side. I would imagine there's at least some kind of aquaculture paper on humic and pulvics, probably more into the diet than it would be in the water column directly, but uh, I'm sure there's something out there on that. There will be a literature dive in the future. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, trying to find out. The only thing I sold to aquaponics farmers on a regular was full power. You know, yeah. uh, that would seem like the only thing in my shop that I would, you know, it didn't matter. Uh, if they said aquaponics, they were there for full power and uh, usually some parts for plumbing. You know, uh, you know, they didn't need anything else. Yeah, I got to write that down. That's that's really cool. <laughs> Yeah, so I'll, I'll throw this up there, but there's quite a bit of papers on, on fulvic and humic acids and aquaculture. That's uh, very things. cool. Whoa. Yeah. Scholar, anyone that wants to really nerd out, scholar.google.com, and you can just run through a whole bunch of white papers. And if you don't understand a word, you can stop and make sure you Google it and understand what it is before you go back and read the rest of the paper and 
you're trying to self-teach yourself something, you are already aware of it. And then if you can't find a paper on here or it's paywalled, just go to Sci-Hub and, and we'll do it for free. For the paywall. Nice. Yeah, so I will give myself that is a shout-out. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I'm going to give myself a shout-out with the full power and the Fulvic, but we're, we're going to be publishing actually a paper on the Fulvic on hemp seed soaking. So that's uh, the goal. And Alex helped with the the actual research part of that which is cool but that's actually i'm stoked yeah. like, speak on that a little bit uh, uh that was your uh, uh your baby there eric uh yep nope so i'm getting a paper hopefully so that'll be that's writing cool. the paper yeah so we'll have and some this where uh it'll be in a hemp journal i forget which one but it's like there's a new hemp journal uh since the legalization of hemp lay hemp because <laughs> it was all on cbd hemp seed um because I, I it's at oregon state university so we had to do it um okay. on hemp so but yeah cool um you want to also talk about i didn't really realize you guys actually also have an endomycorrhizae product i think that's pretty, pretty oh good. yeah uh, yes that's fortified with humic acid yeah yeah, so yeah tell so us about good. that and why that's a, a you know, a better choice than some of the other ones that are out there. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll start first. Um, so the, the end, just give kind of a, a introduction to what endomycorrhizae is. And so it's, it's fungus that forms a, a symbiotic relationship with, with plant roots. It can't, it can't live without the plant roots. So it can't be, you know, completing its life cycle unless it actually attaches to a plant's roots. Uh, 95% of plants, I believe have, the ability to form some sort of endomycorrhizal um, symbiosis with, with fungus. Um, and then it's, it's, it's actually rare. It's actually rare out in nature for a plant that can have this relationship to not have it. And it essentially looks like smaller roots um, and it helps the plant grab onto more water, um, more nutrients. Um, and like Eric was talking about, the plant um, gives out exudants, ex exudants, to these, these fungus in exchange for water or for nutrients or for chemical signals saying what's going on around it. Um, and so this is kind of a mix of a bunch of generalist species, I believe, um, and maybe a few specific ones. Um, I know one of them at least is specific for cannabis. I think um, Eric can get more into that, but, and so it, it forms those relationships and helps with abiot abiotic stress um, and just overall plant health. Um, and there's a lot of like, if you go to Google Scholar, like Stephen said, there's a lot of um, really interesting research out there about endo, endomycorrhizal fungi. Yeah, I can uh, add one thing there too. Uh, one of the few plants that doesn't have a mycorrhizal relationship is kale. Not even mycorrhizae likes it. This is nature telling us something. That's a horrible <laughs> vegetable. And uh, uh, you shouldn't eat it. That's a hilarious joke. Uh, but uh, that's I found that out doing a display in my uh, uh, in my uh, garden at uh, my store. Uh, it was using mycorrhizae, and I called up my, my friend at Green Air Products, and I'm like, "Hey, man, I'm using mycorrhizae on this uh, kale for the last three weeks, and the roots aren't doing anything." He's like, "Kale doesn't have a mycorrhizal relationship." I'm like, "There are plants that don't have a mycorrhizal relationship." He's like, "Yeah, they're rare, but you found one." <laughs> oh, great, so, great. so there's there's two things with that. So there's actually a study by. Um, 
state of California uh, on garlic wild garlic mustard that was introduced to California, showing how not only do some brassicas uh, not have endophytic mycorrhizae, but some of them actively kill them in the soil in order to outcompete other local plants. So they'll actually produce exudates that will kill specifically kill endomycorrhizae fun mycorrhizal fungi to basically kill off their neighbors so they could take over. Um, so that, that so some of them are pretty gnarly, but at the same time, there was a different study uh, last year where they, with the introduction of trichoderma for some brassica species with mycorrhizae actually allowed for the colonization of mycorrhizae, but only with the introduction of trichoderma. Yeah, I actually uh, uh, had a friend of mine who uh, uh, he uh, his uh, outdoor medical marijuana garden was in an old orchard field and he kept on getting uh, vexillium wilt in his plants in his, uh, that were in the ground. And we couldn't figure it out. And then we figured out that there are all these roots that were still left over with all these stumps. So he takes out all the stumps and he takes out all the roots, but the, the bad stuff's still in the ground. So we got this uh, trichoderma inoculant from BioWorks called Root Shield. You know, and we did uh, a couple applications of that and then inoculated with mycorrhizae, uh, VAM and uh, a couple other products and uh, uh, worked like a charm. You know, it, it was a, a solid three, four years before we had to use trichoderma again, you know. <laughs> You know, but we never yeah, have to get all the roots out of the ground. You know, it's impossible. You do have to be careful. A trichoderma, if you do overdose, it will wipe out a lot of your other beneficial mycorrhizae. Oh, yeah, it's kind of a beneficial. wipe like, clean. That's yeah. why we... Yeah, it's, good. it's a good nuclear van. weapon if you're kind of fucked, though. Yeah. yeah. In the van, <laughs> we don't include mycorrhizae. Uh, or, I mean, we, no, we do include mycorrhizae. We don't include trichoderma. Um, and the reason it is is because... It is such a powerful microbe that it will just consume the rest of the others in the in the, the packaging, we think. And and yeah. so we just if you want to use it, you can. There are places for it, um, but we don't have it in the van. Yeah. And I had I have I have a little bit more about VAMP, too. And so um, with with a lot of there's there can be criticism about like, OK, well, why are you using so many different types? And so with with endomycorrhizal fungi, they're finding in these studies that they they form different relationships with different species based on what kind of stressors your plant is having so if your plant is having um, um drought stress it's more likely to to have uh uh send out the exudents that one certain species likes more than another and so we have we have this cocktail of different species in the hopes that you know no matter what's going on if if your plant can form an endomycorrhizal um relationship that we have something in this mix that will will um build that relationship um and then um oh man i had something else about endomycorrhizal fungi but i totally forgot so it works synergistically together too and trade minerals and trade uh, different things that they need you know they they work synergistically as a group much better than the individuals you know um, there was uh, originally thought that there was only one species that colonizes cannabis. And then I know uh, Dr. Efron, who we've had on our Efron Kazari, so we've had on the show uh, uh, quite a bit. Um, he's often uh, talked about how they've documented quite a few different species on cannabis. And it's not quite the way that we used to think it was. So um, by having these different ones together, you know, they'll colonize that, but also your cover crops and things and exchange almost like a stock exchange. Uh, trade different nutrients and minerals and things that they need so it, it's never really good to have just one species you want to have that diversity the same way that you do with your microbes yeah yeah, yeah. But for us too it's we deal with a lot of different kinds of crop producers too so we want to have a balance for the different species for different 
crops as well. It works for um, everybody. But is, is that the doctor? Is that the guy? I don't know if it's the same guy, but there is, it's, there's a group from Israel that's doing some cool mycorrhizas with cannabis. And, it's actually based in Oregon, not, not super far from you guys. Uh, Michael. Oh, no, that's the guy. No, that's the guy. That's the guy. We know him. No, um, yeah. I don't deal with him, He's but I think great. Josh has dealt with him, right? Yeah. Uh, the the Mycos guy, the mycorrhiza yeah. guy. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, cool. Yeah, uh, Never mind. That's cool. I was like, that sounded familiar. I knew that was familiar. And I was like, now it's the dots, you know? You know I found oh, yeah. with, uh, uh, growing many different types of cannabis, having uh, uh, several, you know, at least several different types of mycorrhizae in the blend is nothing but beneficial. You know, I personally, uh, with uh, what the mix I use, I use uh, VAM along with uh, 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 a water soluble mycorrhizae and uh, a nitrogen fixing bacteria. Uh, uh, as my uh, uh, root uh, uh, inoculant every time I transplant, you know, mm -hmm. uh, you, know you know, I try to pick uh, uh, different uh, uh, types of mycorrhizae that either uh, enhance the stuff that's already in uh, uh, VAM or uh, or different species that uh, are all together. You know, it just depends on the effect that I'm going for, and it depends on the root growth that I want to get. You know, if I'm indoors in pots, I don't. I usually don't use a mix like that. I usually use just a simple uh, a VAM and maybe a little bit of uh, uh, nitrogen fixing bacteria, and that's about it. Because if I use too much, I, I usually get anywhere from two to two and a half weeks out of each transplant. When I go from my living soil, from my three by three pot into my one gallon pot, and then from there into my five gallon, and then my five gallon into my 10, and then I'm, I'm finished with my eight week cycle. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, each one of those transplants, I need to take about two and a half weeks. And if I use too much mycorrhizae and use too many root stimulators, you know, then I burn out of my pot and I end up getting root bound in a week and a half. And I need it to take two and a half weeks. I got everything planned out to where, you know, if, if it that, that totally interrupts my cycle, I can't have that, you know. Uh, uh, so, uh, uh, you know, I, I like to have it uh, uh, root bound in about that two week cycle and then get it in, you know, just as, uh, uh, you know, just about to uh, take a little bit north on me. And that seems to make it jump into the container, especially with hot soil. You know, otherwise it tends to the roots tend to dance around the top of it instead of going deep down into it, which is another reason why uh, right after I use my uh, VAM, uh, which has some humic acid in, I like to use either Cyto Plus or VAM to, to uh, help feed that bacteria that just got uh, uh, in that uh, fungus that just got put in the soil. You know, it, that's how it was designed is those products are going to feed the mycorrhizae that you put in your soil or is already there. You know, so every time you use that, you should see a, a you know, explosion of growth, not only on your plant, but in your roots. Yeah. So that's the thing. I think you meant to say TM7, not VAM on that. Yeah. yeah TM7. Yeah. TM7 but, with um, the VAM. Yeah, so TM7 or Cytoplus both have the same micronutrients that'll feed both your plant as well as the... So the, the concept is, is the TM7, uh, so it stands for trace mineral seven. And those are the seven essential trace minerals for microbial growth in the soil. And that's kind of the... That's why it does that. And that's kind of how it was originally came. And then, that's, and then it was chelated with the humic acid. It's kind of why it made it a unique bioag thing is because we have the humic um chelated um micronutrients mm -hmm. so, yeah. great product too i've used it a lot in aquaponics and living soil and uh, certainly is, is one of the best if not the best uh, micronutrient blend that's out there i've been My very curious about that uh, in aquaponics it, it was a uh, 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 my friend uh, 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 I, I always wanted him to try it in aquaponics but i'm not sure if he ever did 
but uh uh, uh we have friends that do planted aquariums and actually put it in the gravel as part no of their kidding. release yeah that's very cool oh yeah that's very cool yeah i did not yeah that's the first i'm hearing about that that's uh, that's very cool i like that my yeah, thing is a different statement doesn't matter whose products whether it's ours or anyone else read the read the back of the read the label read the ingredients figure out what's okay. in it don't like know what you're buying yeah read that heavy metal test you know that's uh, yeah. one of the unique things about bioag is we go out of our way to keep those heavy metals as low as humanly possible you know very low amounts of arsenic very low amounts of cadmium very low amounts of you know the stuff you don't want in your plant you know our products are designed to help keep that stuff out of your plant not uh, accumulated in there you know, and that's uh, the difference between you being responsible and using a responsible source humate versus something that's cheap, uh, uh, you know, and, and sourced from a third world country. Well, you know, and, and again, especially for people that are doing, you know, aquaponics on a bigger scale, getting them in the powdered forms that you guys offer, especially the, the Cyto Plus and some of the other things uh, really do help uh, for dosing those bigger systems and people that are, you know, maybe a little less familiar with, with doing stuff at scale. So, uh, they're a great line of products. And um, do you guys, I, I guess before we wrap up, do you guys want to touch a little bit on all the different R&D? Because you guys really do a lot of the science and testing and a lot more than a lot of the other companies out there that just kind of whip up formulas and, and get stuff out the door. Um, do you guys want to touch on that maybe to, to in closing? Uh, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll start and then uh, pass to Alex. Uh, uh, I was actually supposed to, uh, when I first got hired, I was supposed to go on the road and uh, uh, start selling uh, BioSuperSil and the Aminos, and then COVID happened. So uh, I ended up getting stuck in the greenhouse killing plants all summer, uh, which was kind of fun. You know, uh, I hadn't uh, really uh, done a lot of greenhouse work, and I certainly hadn't got to work in a lab coat and kill plants. So that, that was definitely a, a great little adventure there. And uh, we got to uh, come up with some uh, uh, neat formulas and uh, uh, do some cool things. But uh, uh, we saw a lot of uh, uh, real interesting stuff, and uh, we've got a lot of really cool products that are coming down the road, uh, too, uh, you know, and uh, uh, a lot of biologicals, a lot of, uh, you know, more of the, uh, you know, regenerative farming stuff. You know, it's just, uh, you know, all things in uh, good time. You know, we don't want to rush anything out. We're not going to bring anything out to the market that isn't to our standard. You know, so, uh, you know, we're going to take our time and make sure that everything that we bring out is uh, uh, as dialed in as humanly possible. And uh, I think we have with all the new products we've introduced over the last uh, year and a half. Alex? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm going to be real quick because Eric, Eric runs, uh, he's, he, you know, he's the one who, who is uh, doing the, a lot of the research in the ag, in the ag industry. Um, but just from my experience with working with him, you know, we did some really cool grape experiments. Um, we did some really cool um, just corn, corn trials. Um, and like I said, we're doing some turf experiments with OSU this year. Um, and uh, it's just it's just coming. I, I did a lot of research, you know, with OSU, like as a as a research technician. And so being seeing a, a, a company, you know, um, do this kind of like actual research where it's like, you know, it's, 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 um, it's, it can be peer reviewed, you know, it can be repeated. It's like, I'm, 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 I'm stoked on it, you know? And so I, Eric really can, can delve into that because he's the mastermind. He's the, the master student, you know, kind of behind the, uh, the, a lot of the ag research. Yeah, no, um, yeah, no, so basically, so we do, so that's the thing is we do a lot of research on a lot of different crop products. I mean, crop um, production types. 
And so our main three areas that bioag focuses on is uh, indoor ag, which is mainly cannabis, uh, CEA, which is controlled environment ag, which is food production hydroponically. Uh, and so and ornamentals. Foods, and ornamentals. So um, flowers, um, stuff like that, the, the turf and ornamental industry, and then uh, traditional ag. And so in traditional ag, we're obviously, our products are organic. So we focus on organic ag, but we do focus on all agriculture because our products fit both into conventional and organic. Um, so my background before I came to bioag, I uh, worked for a company that developed biopesticides. So we were a pesticide manufacturer and I did field research on uh, herbicides and insecticides, organic herbicides, insecticides, fungicides in tree fruits. And so when I was brought on to BioAg, the goal was to kind of, because we had a lot of great products, the Humix and Fulvix, um, I was brought on to kind of get more field research in the ag side of it. Um, and then uh, Josh and then another guy we have, were working on or are working on the research in the indoor ag side of it. And then we do some CEA, but the problem is we don't have the facility to do that here. Um, so that we kind of outsource a little bit. And so those are the all the actual efficacy field crop production trials that we do are in those three sectors. And then we do R&D on the manufacturing side as well. So we um, have our own humic and fulvic lab so we can test our own humic and fulvic acid products. So we do a lot of formulation, a lot of batch testing, a lot of that kind of stuff as well. We have a whole uh, a research guy who just covers that side completely named JC and he kicks butt but he um, does all the humic testing and the fulvic testing and the silicon testing now, um, all that kind of stuff. And that's more the R&D product development side. But then I handle the field um, trials. And so this year we, we do a lot of in-house trials and a lot of outsource trials. The in-house trials, we do um, soil applied trials with our products and foliar applied trials with our products on tree fruits. Um, we do some hops. Because uh, that's a crop around us. We do corn trials because that's a big market for us, organic corn. Um, we do have, we have done hemp trials in the past. We do cannabis trials, marijuana, uh, recreational farms, uh, and medical farms. Uh, but the, um, but basically what we do is we do that. And then we also do a lot of partnerships. So we're based in Cor or in Independence, which is by Oregon State University. So Alex mentioned that we're doing stuff with the turf department there. Uh, but the USDA is also there for a bunch of different crops. And so we're doing, uh, we, this year we have trials aligned for hops. So we have um, some biosupercil trials actually to test on botrytis and powdery mildew, uh, an official trial. So we're doing greenhouse trials with USDA. Uh, we're doing turf trials with OSU. Um, we're doing, what else are we doing? The seed trials. So the seed lab trials, that's in the Oregon State Seed Lab. Uh, we're doing third-party trials with a group that does CEA for tomatoes with the Fulvix and Humix and just kind of dialing in those rates with the new products and the, the new, because we, we're kind of tweaking the products a little bit to improve them. We're always con continuously improving our products. Um, and so that's, yeah, so that's what we, we spend a significant amount of our budget on research because we feel as a company, you can't just be out there doing marketing and selling products. You have to also be doing the data collection and the research behind it to know how those products work for different growers. You don't want to just, we, we want to be able to provide as much of that as we can, which obviously over time it'll accumulate. 
And then we've also got Dr. Buck. So he wasn't able to come on board, but um, he, his background is in controlled environment ag and he kind of runs all those research trials. Mm-hmm. And so, but yeah, so we're cranking and it's, and it's been a history of that. So the company started with Bob and when Bob started, he was doing ag trials and indoor ag trials and he's come from an ag background, but it, that's how he developed the full power originally. And he developed the full humix originally uh, was by doing field research tests, you know, doing, you know, okay, we're going to try two pounds of this or three pounds of this. We're going to have six different sources of humic and try the different rates on. And he was in Southern Idaho when he first started doing ag and then did California and then ended up in Hawaii. So it was a very, you know, different crops, different trials, different rates. And that's how he dialed in the full power, which in, in itself is such a, phenomenal well-known good product that that kind of just attributes to all the research and data he did with that product you know to make it successful he spent years doing the tweaking on full power it wasn't uh, it was not an overnight uh, success you know it took him uh you know 10 plus years of uh different uh, formulations and different ways of doing it before he came up with it and you know the product that he first brought to me was uh, you know, not nearly as strong or concentrated as what we have today and not uh, nearly as, uh, as uh, active as uh, what we have going. Uh, his formula has uh, gotten nothing but better with time. And uh, uh, yeah. Uh. Yeah. And then same with the, all of them. So the TM7, the Cyto Plus, the Full Humix, um, Full Power, those were all kind of the, the same way. It was through the research and development. And that's where we've come to these new amino acids the same way as through the research and as we come out with new stuff, because we're going to continuously, we want to keep growing in the biostimulant world and providing good, clean products. Um, we're just going to continuously doing the research before we come out with the products. So, And uh, you touched on something also as well in, in uh, episode 84, the first time we had Dr. Faust on the show. Um, he really kind of went through in detail the differences between the different types of humic acids that are sold on the market and the different grading methods and all that stuff. So if you're looking to learn a little bit more on that, I know you kind of touched on that earlier, uh, go back and listen to episode 84 of the, the podcast. And uh, he does a great like 30 or 40 minute break uh, at that topic in particular. So the different humix is it's intense. And then just the registration and legislation and how they're regarded by different countries. It's, it's awesome. Thank you so much for joining us, guys. I know it's getting a little bit late there, and uh, I don't want to keep you guys all evening, but it was certainly a pleasure having you all on the show. And uh, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Do you guys want to kind of uh, mention how people can find more about you uh, uh, on the way out, or should they just reach you through, uh, through BioAg there? Do you guys have different Instagrams or anything, or are they all uh, through the main one? Yeah, so the so Josh has an Instagram, right, I think, yeah. and then Alex does, and I do. So, yeah, we've got the Instagrams. But um, for questions about products on just bioag.com, that's got contact info for us. The email addresses are on there um, for any of that. But then for the Instagram, I'm, I'm uh, fruit, fruit science. So just like, like apple fruit, fruit science. That's mine. Um, I don't really use Instagram all that much. So just follow the main bioag and, and I'm, I try to be on the Friday freebies and like, different stuff on there talking about ecological or like regenerative stuff. Um, so just follow, follow that one. Um, but um, yeah, I, I, I really don't post Instagram too much. <laughs> 
yeah, I, I was told I need an Instagram. So I got an Instagram. Uh, I post pictures of pot on there sometimes, uh, but uh, that's about it. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, I'm on the bioag uh, uh, one all the time with the Friday freebies along with Alex. And, uh, uh, but uh, yeah, I think it's just my name, Josh Hedberg on Instagram. Yeah. Well, thanks a lot for joining us today, guys. Uh, again, uh, for those of you guys that are trying to check them out, um, you can find them over at uh, the underscore OG underscore bioag uh, on Instagram uh, or bioag.com, B-I-O-A-G.com. Uh, if you want to find uh, more about their products, they do have kind of the, absolutely the best um, uh, of their type of products. Like I said, I've been using a lot of their products for five or more years and regularly recommend them to people for commercial ops. So definitely check them out and uh, certainly happy to have their team on the show today. Yeah. Thanks for having us, Steven. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Yeah. Great talking with you. Great a blast. (laughs) Appreciate it. Have a good one. You too, man. Peace. That was a a really great uh, time having them all on today. And uh, we certainly uh, always love having it on. I think this is the fourth time that we've had BioAg team members on the show uh, between the, the Dr. Faust and the, and the team today. So certainly a lot of fun. And um, uh, how's it going, Wes? Uh, we haven't seen you in a little while. Yeah, man, good. I've just been working, chilling, you know, just, uh, doing, spent a lot of time in my garden, getting, uh, booting up my garden, gonna, yeah, just been making a lot of clones and uh, yeah. Just what catching up on are you growing at the moment? Uh, let's see. I got, um, I got some uh, Mac and Jack. I got some uh, some G13 hash plant. Uh, it's a, it's a, just a BX. Uh, it's not an original uh, cut or anything, but it's, it seems pretty good. I got some curing, and that's gonna, coming around. So I'm excited about that. Uh, I got some uh, grandpa stash from Ethos. I got I got a bunch of Ethos going right now. Uh, yeah, a bunch of stuff. How about yourself? What do you got going on the go? Uh, right now, I'm just um, finished clearing out my room from the last run, so we'll be doing some... I don't know. I have a fuck ton of autos sitting around, and I was thinking maybe just doing, like, one auto seed of each of the different ones and seeing what I get just for fun, just because yeah. I don't do autos very often, and I kind of, you know, have the ability to do that right now with the room, that, and I don't have a ton of space, so I think that might be fun here for a bit uh, uh, we'll, we'll see. I haven't quite decided on what we're going to do next year. I kind of am waiting to find out more on my schedule from July. So, and then uh, I think we'll, we'll we'll make a decision around that. But uh, hopefully, back in in July, uh, we'll have uh, edibles back into main product commercial production in Oklahoma. Um, so working oh, on that and um, doing some cool new products that uh, I can't reveal yet. But we got some cool new shit that we're cooking up that I think people are really going to like, and they're certainly different than anything else that's out there right now. Um, cool. So it'll be a lot of fun and. Uh, yeah, just mainly working on, on that. And then I've also been working on, um, uh, I have a new pest control class. So we're doing a complete revamp of the pest control. Nothing, there's anything wrong with it, but I added a hell of a lot more. Just just the pest control class is over 130 slides. Um, so that'll that'll be a whole you know extended version of what we already nice. have. Uh, and we're also going to re-release that in a slightly modified version for all aquaponic production. So and living soil. So it'll be strictly around um, uh, mostly biocontrols and beneficial insects uh, for controlling just about anything that you can run into in an aquaponic or living soils type system. Uh, and we'll be offering that as a separate class. And then I have a mineral and microbe class that we're going to be having. Uh, and then we'll have an aquaponics 101 uh, last. Um, so I'm kind of working on those. I have the slide decks 
completely done for the pest control class. I'm working on the mineral class and the other class right uh, currently, but uh, working on getting those filmed and out. And then that'll also be available to anyone that currently owns the, um, the cannabis class. Uh, we, once we launch it, we, that will no longer be happening. So if you want to get both of those classes, uh, sign up over at apmjclass.com and you'll get both access to both uh, full versions. Um, Sweet, definitely check that that's out. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and then if anyone is also interested, I will be speaking at uh, Myciliate the festival. It's going to be really awesome uh, out in Wilkinson, Washington. So that'll be a lot of fun. Um, I'll be there. Molly from Molly's Bottle Shop. Dustin Powers of Future 4200. Uh, we have Chris Trump. Uh, Cass Posey, she was on the show a couple a week or two ago. Uh, Matt Powers, uh, really big in uh, regenerative farming. Uh, and Catherine Seidman and a whole bunch of other awesome people will be out there. So definitely be sure to check that out. It's going to be a really, really good time. And uh, definitely excited about that. Awesome. And then also last weekend in July, in fact, they're going to be our guests um, uh, next week. Uh, I will have uh, the... Um, Whoa, what did I do? Hold on. Broke my thing here. One second. No. What happened? Dope. I hit the wrong button. Uh, we will have um, a James from the uh, Organic Cultivators uh, class will be with us. Uh, James Bauer, uh, uh, Brower, uh, will be with us next week. Ooh, I hit the wrong button. I'm sorry, guys. Here we go. Now I got discombobulated or recombobulated from being discombobulated. Um, uh, they're getting cultivators.net. If you want to check out the website, we have a wonderful thing. Uh, Patrick King, Wendy Kornberg, Chris Trump, Ben Acadia, uh, Kevin Jodry, uh, myself, uh, Michael Wolf, uh, and a couple of other people uh, will be out there. Dan Kittredge, uh, Susan Maywright Evans, uh, Jana Beckerman, who's kind of the plant pathologist version of, of Suzanne, uh, will be uh, uh, out there as well so that's going to be awesome and uh yeah definitely check that out it's in here oklahoma city uh, last week in july uh, for those that are, are wanting to, to get access to that as well uh, again we do have the aquaponic cannabis class over apmjclass.com uh, marty and i have put a lot of time into that so be sure to check that out if you're interested in a more longer format aquaponic cannabis education and uh, yeah thanks everybody for watching the show um we will be back again on uh, i'm going to try and do a show on tuesday I do have some stuff going on, so we might might not do a show on Tuesday, but we're going to try. And then we have a, a pretty cool guest next week for next Thursday. We're going to save uh, for you guys to find out. So, um, yeah, thanks a lot for watching. Uh, Wes, how do they find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram uh, at w, uh, what, W-E-S-I-N-G, uh, all one word. And, yeah, give me a follow. I'll follow you back, man. <laughs> all right. And you can find me at apmjclass.com. Uh, or at um, Growing with Fishes podcast or Potent Ponics on your favorite podcast app, SoundCloud, YouTube, uh, Spotify, uh, iTunes, uh, all the things. And uh, we'll catch you guys again on Tuesday at uh, 730 Pacific. Take it easy.